0: Welcome to the Slam Radio podcast featuring Front Page 305.
1: Well, certainly the pandemic has played a role in all this because we would not be having the baseball playoffs uh and and the NBA finals at the same time ever. Like that would never happen. Uh but it's only happening at the same of the time. Yeah.
2: You're right, at the same time. Yeah, that the perfect the perfect storm of everything coming together and what a perfect storm it would be in a few days if uh something that was unthinkable not that long ago does happen over in death valley yeah Miami taking on
1: number 1 clemson saturday we're going to get to that later in the show we'll talk about a lot of hurricanes because it's a huge week for them and Manny Diaz um facing the number 1 team a huge opportunity a game that i think they can win i know that uh las vegas odds makers have them at 14 and a half point underdogs going into this game, but um, I think this is a game that Derek King, if he rises to the occasion and and if the defense shows up uh, and plays decent, they have a chance to win that game. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Right now, we've got Jimmy Butler coming off probably one of the greatest performances all time in NBA history, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists in an NBA Finals game to get the Miami Heat on the board. They were down two nothing in the series. Then he goes nuts. Uh, Miami does just enough to beat LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers to, to make the series 2-1 heading into tonight's game. And then, of course, the team that I predicted to win the World Series long ago, the Miami Marlins, set to uh, take on the Atlanta Braves today. At it's EPA, sarcasm. A, a game that uh, Andre and Walter will be watching closely, I'm sure, for field-level media and uh, the Miami Herald and all the other places they work. Uh, gentlemen. Welcome to uh, what should be an exciting week, Walter. What are you thinking, man? This is what is what is it that's enticing you the most this week? Obviously, it's got to be the Hurricanes, right? First of all, this is episode what number sixteen, I believe. Yeah.
3: And I love how in the beginning we used to actually plan the show out, what we we're going to say. We would na- we would say the name of the show. We would introduce ourselves. Now we just start talking as like everybody. Ah, no. I mean,
4: I like you how, know, I like a
3: this will all be money. I got Andre Fernandez. We got Manny Navarro. for shows Front Face 305. We're paying Manny Navarro, Andres. you know, buku bucks to be the host of this show. He doesn't give out any of the information anymore.
2: Well, he, he, he likes to rant for a few minutes before. He lets other people talk on the show now. So this level, well, That's okay. No, I,
1: and I like to dance. I mean, if you guys can all just get back to doing this with me because it's such a, such a uh, huge week in South Florida. We can just uh, do these arm exercises all day.
2: I also can't get over how Walter. Every time Walter's the one is the counter. He keeps track of which episode it is every week. Like yes. we, for us, it's a blur. We don't care. Every week, he's like, "It's episode 14, 15, 16. and he's always
1: usually one episode short. By the way, uh, <laughs> today I'm shocked. He actually is on the right number, and he's yet to murder any names. He has yet to uh, to confuse anybody yet. But, but the show early. is young. It's very
3: early. It's very early. By the way, and let's also give a shout out to Frankie Fernandez. I threatened I was on the on the Larry Milian show today. I said we we're going to talk all about Frank because he's been on the Heat bandwagon, predicting the Heat correctly from the beginning. So I just want to give him that shout out. And I asked Frankie to play that song for us. All we do is win. I was thinking about that because obviously the Marlins in the second round of playoffs this afternoon at two o'clock coming up the heat's got a huge game for tonight the hurricanes it's going to be a test of their manhood against clemson and of course the florida panthers the most popular team in florida sarcasm they're drafted tonight so they got the, their first round oh, pick wow. oh. yeah so a lot going on and of course the dolphins preparing for the next game just a lot of stuff going on but i i wanted to play that song and then i i, I wanted to resaw the video of all we do is win do you know that there's a line in there about the hurricanes in that song there if is you, Who's the rapologist here? Go ahead, Navarro. What's the
1: line? Uh, all we do is go seven and six. Is that what that was?
3: Or no, six and
2: seven. No, this song six. came out before that. Okay. Dre,
1: what's the line? I
2: don't know. I only know the main. I only know the main line of the song. Here's
3: the line. You know, I'll educate you guys. Is it now. a Snoop Dogg Snoop line? Dogg, yes. Other than Snoop Dogg showing mad love for the Canes, you know, showing a, a, a Hurricanes T-shirt, he goes, "Don't mess with us. We like." You, we like the you in the 80s. We're like there the you U in the 80s. That's bad. Those are, those
2: are those better times I was talking about.
3: But I mean, like, hey, he ain't mentioning Alabama, he ain't mentioning Notre Dame. He's mentioning the you, and like, it's amazing how popular. Obviously, they, they need to start, they need to win sometime soon, but it's amazing how. There, I don't think there was every other team that was as popular in 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 the rap culture as the Hurricanes. I mean, the, it, was, it was America's team in, in that regard. You guys
2: the, agree? The, to this day, the 80s Canes, I mean, yes, maybe Bama has surpassed them in terms of like winning all these titles in a short span. But they're still the coolest of those dynasty yeah. college football teams, even to this day. Well, I think yeah. all
1: of that has to do with the fact that those guys went on to the NFL and became Hall of Famers and multi-time Pro Bowlers. I mean, you you, you talk about them representing on the U, right? Like always flashing up the U, right? You know, on, on TV when they're doing their Monday Night Football introduction between Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Shockey and Winslow and all the tight ends that came out of this program that that were kicking butt. You know, the Andre Johnsons of the world, Frank Gore. I mean, you Miami's life, shelf life in terms of success continued because they went from winning championships to to becoming unbelievable players in the nfl um and that's why i think it carries on and, and why it's in rap songs but go ahead Will.
3: that and and also because that team was a team that really represented the inner city of miami overtown and liberty city and miami central high booker t North, miami northwest all that and the the way they played the game the joyful way that they play the game they, they were going to tell you they're going to beat you and they were going to beat you. And, yeah, and I right. just think there's just a hurricane attitude that permeates into uh, when I see other athletes in other sports, I think Jimmy Butler, for example, he didn't go to the U, but he's a hurricane to me. You know, he predicted they were going to win game two. Okay. That didn't turn out right. But I mean, you've got to love that guy's attitude. That's why I've been on the heat bandwagon throughout the playoffs. I didn't pick him to pick to beat the Lakers, but you just, you just have to love a guy like Jimmy Butler and, and Manny, I'll pose this to you because in the beginning of the years, I always remind you, you were lusting after the Greek freak and uh, Bradley Beal. You didn't really think that Jimmy was, you know, that franchise player that you can build around 40 point, a triple double, which obviously that's not the norm for him. But has he changed? I know it's hard for you to admit you're wrong, but has he changed a little bit of your, of your mind that maybe he is a guy that, that you build around and you still think you need the Greek freak or something else?
1: Well, I mean, look, having covered every game of this Heat playoff run closely and and breaking down stats and writing all these stories for the Athletic, I feel like I can speak with a little bit more authority on this just because I spent so much time researching and looking at numbers and whatnot. After game two, you know, Jimmy was being criticized for not shooting shooting enough. He had 17 shots, which had the most, you know, most shots for the Heat in that game, but he was 7 of 17 in game two. And he talked about how, look, the reason we're here is not because I take 20, 25 shots a game and score 40 points. The reason I'm here is because I set my teammates up. And I think what we all define as, as what a great player is, is can he go off for 40? Can he score 50, right? That's the way we always look at it. Can can a player do that? It's more so than the rebounding, the defense, and, and the assist, because points and scoring always gets glorified. Jimmy is not a scorer. What he did the other night of going 14 to 20 or and, and scoring 40 points by getting in the free throw line 12 times. I mean, that is a rarity. That is, you know, what is just rare in basketball. He didn't hit a single three-pointer, and he got 40 points. I mean, that the last person to do that before him was Shaq. So, I mean, that just shows you that the way that today's game is, it's it's not the way it used to be where you're getting points inside, and it's just different. And so, to me, Jimmy's gift really is playmaking and setting up his teammates. He's had two games in a row now where he's had 13 assists. And, oh, by the way, you know, he's done it with – without Bam Adebayo, without uh, Goran Dragic out there, who are your second and third leading scorers? So he's setting up Tyler Hero and setting up Duncan Robinson, setting up Kelly Olenek for points. So to me, it's it's kind of like, what do you define as greatness? Is it 40 points or is it a guy who has an overall effect on his team? And I think he is capable of that. He is capable of, of setting up teammates and, and helping to lift Miami to victory. But I think still the way everybody looks at it is, can you be Giannis Antetokounmpo and – and LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, can you play at that level where you're averaging 40 points in a series? I don't think Jimmy could do that in terms of scoring. He's not that good of a shooter. He doesn't knock down a lot of threes. This is the way that he goes about it. It's just a different way. I think Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, all of those greats, the guys that you consider the greats of all time, they could score. They could score a lot. And I and I guess that's the one element I ask you guys. I, I throw the question back at you. How great do you consider this Jimmy Butler effort? And do you see him on that level with those guys?
2: I'm with you on the fact that I think that the longer term, more consistent impact of everything you just said that that Jimmy brings is just amplified and it needs that extra piece. So yes, I do to, to, to answer also, I do think they still do need that extra piece to have that. And, and, and you just see it just even more next season. And when I when I wrote stories for the Athletic about you know six months ago, I, I also looked at the fact that Jimmy is getting older, and I think to to acknowledge that over time, the fact that you do need that extra piece so he can fit more of that role you just talked about right now. They, that, that 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 the other night was great to witness, but it's like you said, it's an anomaly. It's not going to happen every time in terms of the scoring. So you do you want him to be that facilitator? And the more pieces you can throw in there, the better. Whether Tyler starts to really become that third piece, which I think we're seeing the beginning of that. That's one thing. But I think another, if you add another one, if you have that opportunity, if you can throw in the Giannis, throw in the Beal or whoever, go for it.
3: Well, I'll disagree with Navarro a little bit. I don't think it's necessarily um, that you have to score in huge numbers to be to be that guy. And you mentioned Irvin Magic Johnson. He was more facilitator. Could score at times and take over games but he wasn't a score he was he was a guy that would set up his teammates and the and the Lakers showtime fast break and everything like that I, I think that Jimmy you know he's the alpha dog and I think uh, I think if you and he, his forte is getting in, into traffic drawing fouls and go to the free throw line i um, almost every game he he's got 10 free throws um, that's his game yeah he's not a three-point shooter but I think if you continue to surround him I and I think Andre's with me on this I've never been Want uh, to want to trade Tyler, um, yeah. and and the what we're seeing out of that kid that uh, is not even old enough to shave yet. I mean, I think they can continue to add pieces, but I wouldn't want to break up this chemistry I, if they can add somebody through free agency. If they can add you know a shooter through another shooter through the draft, because it, the, this game is all about the three point shot, mind you, the Lakers if they shoot even uh 33%, man you might have looked up all those numbers. I mean, they win. It's just it's just they didn't shoot the ball uh
1: very well. Well, they, they shot 33% from 3. They were 14 of uh 42 from three-point range. They they, you know, they've put up more three-pointers than they probably should and that's one credit to Eric Spoelstra, you know, that he's made the adjustments in the series. They got absolutely torched in game 2. Playing zone. He listened to the players. They wanted to play man to man. Miami only played three possessions of zone in game three. And they felt that that really helped sort of disrupt Anthony Davis. They were getting a body on him at all times to keep him off the glass because the Lakers had 16 offensive rebounds in game two. uh, And that really killed Miami, those second chance points. I think they had 21 second chance points in game two. So, you know, when you look at it from a heat perspective and how do they win this series? I mean, without getting Anthony Davis in the foul trouble in Game Three, they don't win. They did, exactly. they just don't because that yeah. guy's killed them. And and it and and you know what? It's an art form getting a guy in the foul trouble. It really is mm-hmm. because you've got to convince the referees that he's mm-hmm. the guilty party. Especially superstars. right? When those superstars get those calls, Dre absolutely right. And so, kudos to uh, Kelly Olynyk and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy got the first charge against anthony davis late in the first quarter and then right down the next time down the floor kelly Olynyk takes it to the paint kind of catches the lakers uh, a little startled there on defense because he's not the kind of guy who takes it into the paint all the time he's going to pull up and hit a three but he instead of coming off that pick and roll he caught the ball and decided okay i'm not going to shoot i'm going to drive it and that forced anthony davis to foul him coming across his body so you got two quick fouls there in the first quarter and then as soon as anthony davis comes back again boom jimmy uh, uh kelly Olynyk this time takes the charge on anthony davis so the heat that's the way you got to play and and to me you know especially covering high schools as long as i have and college basketball as long as i did um really the nba i mean you can win with other guys but at the college and the high school level you try to get those superstars in the foul trouble right away you give your team a huge chance to win it's a lot harder though i think to do it on this level in the nba finals because like i said the lakers have other guys who can make three point shots and beat you but uh, if, without a doubt, the key to this series for Miami, if they're going to have any hope, is keeping Anthony Davis off the glass and getting him in the foul trouble so he's ineffective. So we'll see yeah. what happens with that. I think we're up against the break, guys. Any last thoughts here before we go to commercial?
3: Yeah, r- real quick? I, I think there were, that third uh, foul call is a little bit dubious. I don't think they'll be that fortunate again. And I also want to mention when you're talking about having to score, LeBron is another guy that ha- doesn't have to score to be great. He's He's been, uh, his career has been built on facilitating, rebounding, scoring when he has to, just an all around player, not just a scorer. So um so I don't think that's necessary that you have to be the leading scorer in the league to be considered, you know, the, the the alpha dog or the franchise player. I mean he's their franchise player right now, Butler. And uh and they're doing pretty well.
1: Right. No, I, I agree with you. Um by the way, that forty point triple double it's only happened three times in NBA Finals history. The Gary other guy Watt. Cherry West. Right. And, and LeBron. So LeBron, look, LeBron's can score his game LeBron. six at Boston for the heat back in the back in the day when Miami was down three to two in that series without LeBron going nuts scoring. I mean, that's the whole point. Do you have that in you? LeBron has it in him. LeBron can score 50, 60 points. Right. It's I don't when know you the tap Jimmy, but... into
2: that, right? It's right. when you tap yeah. into that when the, when the team needs it and it needs to go to a higher level, but it's not necessary day in and day out. And that's why, again, going back to the point of, do we add, do they add another piece if they can? I think absolutely. Cause it impacts, and amplifies what he mainly, what his his main contribution to the team is. Manny, maybe we can end this segment on this. I'm gonna
3: quote the great Quentin Tarantino. When he said, if Jimmy ain't there, I don't know what we're gonna do.
4: (laughs) Hey, look what I found.
3: A
5: radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
3: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases.
2: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I
3: love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then
5: I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Did you take steroids?
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM XM 145, Slam Radio. My mother was
5: always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day,
4: she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my
3: son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out.
1: When something feels different, it could be
2: Alzheimer's, now is the time to talk visit alz.org our stories to learn more a message from the alzheimer's association and the ad council
4: there's no losing only learning there's no failure only opportunities and there's no problems only solutions so to me what failure is failure is the mother of all success if it wasn't for michael jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team he wouldn't have became michael jordan (laughs) You you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality.
4: Hey, everybody, this is John
5: Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout-out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations.
0: And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
2: We go from Jimmy to Yimi, and talk a little baseball, right Navarro?
1: That's right. Your Miami Marlins, the greatest pitching rotation baseball's ever seen, according to Walter Villa. <laughs> they have advanced to the second round. That they're giving up one run in 18 innings to the Chicago Cubs. They scored just enough offense. But my spidey sense tells me Dre they're gonna need to score a lot more offense against the Atlanta Braves.
5: Oh,
2: your spidey sense, Mr. Parker, is uh, absolutely on point. Especially when this team comes in and has about has three all-stars at the top of the lineup. The Braves, I mean, five guys with like a thousand OPS hitting against the Marlins. I mean, Sandy's got his work cut out for him. This better be this better be very good, Sandy, right away today in Game One.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I wasn't expecting the Marlins to cruise by the Cubs as easily as they did uh, because I hmm. thought, okay, this is still the first time in the playoffs for a lot of these guys, but they end up getting a home run. Who was it? Garrett Cooper hit the first home run in, the, in game one against them. Hey, no, Dickerson. Uh, Corey Dickerson. Was Dickerson. Dickerson. Yeah, Cooper was game two. Right. Were, but both of these – they were very low scoring through like the first five or six innings, both of those games, and then the Marlins kind of scratched some runs once the the, their, the other team starter kind of got tired a little bit, um, which might have to be the formula against the Braves. You're just going to need unbelievable pitching, well, get to later later innings, and then you try to try
2: to uh, to, to pull it out. Well, here the thing with this with, Bra- with this Braves team, just from studying the series a little bit, I'm not writing articles till 4 a.m. on it or anything, but I am studying the series a little bit. Um, you start having some of those 4 a.m. things. You get a little actually, bit more. Authority. You know what? I, know I did. That. I did have, by the way, just to put this out there, I did have. I went to sleep at 5 a.m. the other day working for one of my my many suitors, as you guys like to call them nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing a lot of homework on this Marlins farm system of the great Marlins farm system, as Walter says. And to the point, this Braves team, you know, the Cubs, the reason that the Marlins were a very tough matchup for them was because you have all these guys throwing 98, 99, not just six though, but Sandy. And the Cubs hit under 200. Here's a stat for you. Against pitchers that threw 95 or higher, six though threw 66 pitches like that at them, and they just couldn't handle it. But this Braves team is another story. You throw them that kind of heat and guess where the ball's going to end up. The ball's going to end up in the stands all the time. And that's something that they specialize at. This is more of a team that's handled a little bit more like off speed, not necessarily well. And that's where you're going to need, you know, a little more precise pitching guys who can locate well. So I wonder if that hurts the Marlins in this matchup, the one guy out of all three starters that I see having potentially good success is Pablo Lopez because he's a little less of the fireball or more of that type of pitcher. But they are going to need offense. And you know what? With Starling Marte out, that's going to be even harder for them to do. And he was the he was ruled off, he was left off the roster today officially because mm, that, hand, that hand that hand is still not right. Yeah, he's out for the series. That hand is still not right. Mm.
3: Yeah, and also at, at catcher, Jorge Alfaro, the, the part of the return for JT Romuto, he's being on the bench more often than he's starting. He's not in today's starting lineup either. Just so you you, you wonder the return they got in that deal. I mean, with the Marlins, for me, it's kind of the opposite of the Heat, where I think the Heat is legitimate. Um, they're, you know, I guess a 5C, but they were in, that, you know, in the hunt for – more or less they're in the middle of the pack in Eastern Conference, but they beat the Pacers. They beat Milwaukee at the best record in the NBA. They beat the, the Celtics at nobody other than myself and very few others had them advancing. And now they're probably going to get their comeuppance against the Lakers, I think. But I still think that's a team that that this, this time – well, not this time. Next year, because of the pandemic, but next season they could be back in the hunt once again. They can make another deep run. I have confidence to say that they're, you know, Jimmy Butler will be back. They'll surround him with good pieces again. But the Marlins, I just don't think this is repeatable. Um, it was funny because Andre, as you know, the, the the motivation that they've used, and good for them that they use that motivation. Bottom feeders. Uh, Ricky Botalico mm-hmm. was the one who said that for the Phillies, and they came up with the shirts. But you know what, Ricky was right. This is a team that lost 105 games last year. This is a this is a team that hasn't made hadn't made the playoffs in 17 years. So when Ricky's seeing that, he goes, "Why are we losing? why are we losing to these chumps?" And and to be honest, this is a season in which there are 102 fewer games than normal, and there are added playoff teams. So I just don't see them as legitimate. Then again, they've never lost a playoff series in the franchise history. If they continue to, you know. To do this, but I, I I have a I have a lot of doubts about this franchise. Even though, yes, I, I do like their young rotation, but I have doubts.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's fair to question the legitimacy in the long run. And at the time, yeah, Vitalico, what he had to go on at the time, yeah, at that moment they were bottom feeders. But this team, what they've been able to do now, I mean, I, it can it carry over to one sixty two? I don't know, but. I think they've at least progressed to the point where they're not the 105-loss disaster that they were. Now, are they a playoff team? I don't know if they're quite there yet in a, in a real long 162 season. I think that we'll find out over the next couple of years. But I think certain things are trending in the right direction. That's without leaving our conversation that we've had back and forth about how high, how realistically high is this ceiling for the franchise in terms of what they've been able to accomplish. But I think they have progressed to the point where they're not that anymore. Yeah, and, and the Cubbies, they've struggled
3: offensively. And I, and I know this from my from my nephew, David Villa, give him a shout in Gainesville. I'm sure he's listening like millions of other listeners. Uh, but uh, he's a big Cubs fan. And that struggle, has, even though they have a lot of big names in that middle of that lineup, they have struggled to hit all year. Obviously, knocking off the Braves would be much more impressive. And look, I mean, Don Manley has done a great job this year. You, you can't take that away from for everything they've, they've gone through, all the different lineups, the COVID, the this and that. And, and and he's done a great job i just don't i don't see it as as legitimate as the heat franchise which i i think like i said this time next year they'll or next year they'll be in the, the hunt again i i wouldn't be surprised if the marlins next year if they if they do play 162 and we're pl- past the pandemic and everything like that that you know they're below 500 team i, I think I, I think that's very possible
5: well, well
2: man Manny, manny's awake and alert and has a marlins question go 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 no, I don't have
1: a Martin's question. I have a Martin's comment. Marlins comment. Sorry. Ricky Botalico said that before the Marlins got infected with their secret sauce. You know what that was, right? COVID 19. I mean, that's what made them a playoff team this year. Yeah. Without COVID 19, they're not in this. But uh it, half the team gets it. Uh half the league is scared of it, and now all of a sudden they're in the playoffs and they're in the second round.
2: And and that's, including like a shoe like, tackle. Like, get away from them. Yeah,
1: The son
3: of one of our guests this year, uh, Eddie Alvarez, he had, a, he had a lot to do with it. I feel bad for him that he's not part of this. But seriously, Eddie Alvarez's style of play, and that's reflected a bit in John Birdie as well, that gritty type of player with speed is going to not just steal a base but take the extra base. To me, when the Marlins are playing at their best, that's really what they do, and they and they force that, that type of action. And this afternoon, I think they're going to have to do that as well. I don't think the catcher's – the Braves catchers, including Travis Deneau, are not great throwing catchers. So maybe they'll be able to run a little bit. Uh, but I think Eddie Alvarez, man, he really personified the spirit of that team and just guys that came from out of nowhere that you never heard of and they were just hustling all over the field.
2: Yeah, shame Eddie's out on the street now. They, they is off, off the roster completely because you hope he catches on again with what he showed. But uh, you're going to like how the lineup looks today. Birdie is leading off and McNary Sierra is hitting ninth. So they've got those two going back to back. You know, at certain points in the game, which could create a lot of a lot of havoc on the bases. All right. I, I, I love the Marlins talk, but I want to take it back
1: to hit the rewind button if I can a little bit in this segment. Um, the Marlins really haven't had a signature moment yet in these playoffs, but what Jimmy did the other night, the 40 points, in terms of all time greatest performances in South Florida history, okay, playoffs, regular season, individual performances. Where does that one rank for you? Can you think of many others that were better or more dominant than what Jimmy was the other night?
2: It depends if they come back and win the series. I think because then you're gonna then it's gonna be more memorable. If this is a blip and they still lose the whole series in five, it's gonna be like, yeah, remember that Jimmy game forty? Oh, that was great. Mm-hmm. But to be remembered among like like everyone remembers LeBron completely taking over and saving them in Boston. And why? Because right it saved the season and they went on and won after that. You know, things like that. Like if it if it's a memorable, you know, third and forty-three, Randall Hill, because I was during a a championship year. You know, things like that. Well that was a play. I
1: mean a game. Like an actual overall game. Okay. Well a
2: game, but okay, performances. But yeah, I think the end result though, because people will tie it to Miami won that championship because Jimmy rescued them when they were down 2-0. You know, Mm -hmm. amongst whatever, whatever, whatever. But if it's like again, if it's just you know, one game and that's it. It'll always, it'll be, it'll, it'll be like, yeah. Oh yeah, that game. But it won't have that reverence. It won't have that special place. I think as much unless they come back and win this series. Um, I mean, if it's one ahead, play,
3: Walker. no, I was just gonna say if it's one play, but you said a game, but one play, my, my brain immediately goes to Ray Allen and that shot. He hit uh, mm-hmm. game six. One.
2: And what happened? Right. They won. Yeah. They right. won the title. I mean,
1: but, but in terms of performances, like I was going back, I was thinking about the Dolphins, I was thinking about the Hurricanes, I was thinking about, uh, you know, moments that that mattered. I, it's very rare, like where you get that kind of an individual, oh my God, look at the numbers that this dude put up. I mean, like for the Dolphins, for instance, I mean, I'm doing a search here uh, using all these uh, stat websites. Gonna, I, I gonna thought of a Dolphin. Out.
2: I thought of a Dolphins one, but go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you when you finish.
1: Well, I was going to say there's two that stick out to me for the Dolphins, okay? One was uh, Lamar Smith, the running back, uh, who, who I think ran for over 200 yards Colts. in that wild card game against yeah. the Colts, right? And scored like it's three touchdowns. Still and, their
2: last playoff win.
1: Right, the last playoff win. It was individually one of the great – I think he had close to 40 carries. I mean, the amount yeah.
5: of just putting Overtime. it on his
1: back type of mm-hmm. thing. And then the other one was a regular season game. It wasn't even a playoffs, but just Marino – Um, when he faced the Jets in New York, threw for 448 yards and six touchdowns. And they lost that game in 1986. I remember watching that game. Wesley Walker. The Ken Ben and Wesley Walker. Walker. Right. But individual performances where you're just like, wow, I mean, this guy really put the team on his back. It's very rare, especially in the playoffs.
2: I thought of Marino, but not that game. I was thinking of '94, first game back after the Achilles, when he lit up the Patriots and he threw five TDs, and and it was like his comeback game. Like, okay, Marino could still Marino's still Marino mm-hmm. at that point after after the injury. So that was another one.
3: Yeah, uh, I think you'd have to look for. And you, it's a little unfair, Navarro, because you did. Uh, and and I, by the way, this is this show has become like who stays up later to do research. A uh, Manning at five a.m. I think Andre is at four a.m. I guess I got to stay up till 6 a.m. now, apparently. Is that what's going to happen here? But uh, you did all this research and then sprung this question on us. So it's a little... Uh, <laughs> a little well, awkward. I
1: didn't. I didn't. I just did a quick search right now. I just the, the topic came into my head. I said, you know, what Jimmy did the other night, like, what what else is memorable in Miami sports history? If, if it's so memorable, we think about it right away. And I guess that's what my point is. I mean, Frankie, you're listening to the show laughing at me, Walter, and Andre, but what what do you, what sticks out in your mind is the greatest individual performance in a meaningful game in sports history here in South Florida? Josh Beckett, 2 nothing wow. against the Yankees, Game 6 of the World Series, I guess, the 2 nothing shutout. That'd probably be the other one, right? That'd be,
2: Mar- that'd be the Marlins moment. That and maybe Game 5 against the Cubs before Bartman or before anything. If you right. want to talk about a game where it saved the season... That, no, nobody talks about enough when he threw. I think it was a two or three hitter that Sunday afternoon. If not, there's nothing. There's no comeback against the Cubs. Le'Von, 1997. Le'Von, love you, Miami. Right, and really – love was,
1: you, it, Miami! Le'Von, yeah. but the, that game against the Braves where he had like 15 strikeouts, really it was the home plate umpire who should have gotten MVP for the – Eric Gregg. Eric really had a his egg, right? I mean – Eric uh, had, a, I
3: said, had a strike zone as big as his waist.
1: And Larry uh, Billiard I see him in the distance he's a he's a Miami historian is there any any anyone any examples that come in your guys' minds here of greatest
5: greater performances than what Jimmy did the other night well it's it's weird because you have Marlins you have the Josh Beckett thing um, right you know I I always point to lechoncito's game six against Boston where he went right. 45 15 and 10. that was kind of big but the other night what Jimmy did was fantastic as well yeah um, yeah, man, that's about as big as you're going to get. That's got to be on a Mount Rushmore of those things, right? Right. Uh, I think it's but, definitely but la- top five. I, but Larry, I, I, Larry love, I love November 25th, 1989, where they want to be badasses. Notre Dame tried to waltz over here to the old girl. And the Hurricanes and the old girl taught them a little justice and beat them 27-10. That, that was here. a humbling experience for Notre Dame. That was, believe it or not, in a game that's not a national championship, was kind of a big deal. For that program, that that was a big one. Uh, that you was trying to It's another, you know, it's another, you know, it's another
2: under the radar Canes moment at a time where the program was trying to come back. Edge going off against UCLA, UCLA. in ninety nine. Yeah, that's a two ninety nine.
5: Yep, two hundred
2: ninety
1: nine yards rushing. So there's in that been game. a that's few of them, him. but the one Jimmy Kenny puts together against Florida State.
2: Hmm. Yeah, but but Larry, would you agree if if they lose if they don't win another game if the Lakers win it in five, it's just not. Like, it'll be remembered, but just not the same as the game LeBron in Boston because that saved the season, and then they won it all.
5: Correct. Is it, there has to be a, a greater meaning to it for us to finish judging how big that moment was. It's pretty big right now because it kept us alive. Right. But all of a sudden, our conversation is, oh, my God, they won game four. And then then you know there's some legitimacy to it. They would. It's like you said, they probably have to win it for it to mm-hmm. really be classified as the big, big one. Uh, the single plays, obviously the Ray Allen play, but a Josh Beckett performance is huge. Yeah. You know, somebody had to have the stones to throw him. I believe it was with three days rest. Well, yeah.
1: here's, here's another one. Jack from <laughs> Another one from Kane's history, just because I have the record book in front of me here. Willis McGee, 205 yards rushing and six touchdowns in 2002 against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, remember, was still pretty good back then. Uh, and and challenging Miami every single year in the Big East. So that was a a great individual performance.
3: But but they also, I agree with Dre, they they have to be, (laughs) you know, ideally you'd find the ones that were in a championship game. Uh, That's why, you know, or, or, or or the winning in a championship series, why Ray Allen's shot was so important. It's funny too, guys, that I think of negative plays on some of the teams that I root for, and those are indelible in my mind. Warren Morris hitting the home run to beat the hurricanes in the college world series, you know, walk-off fashion. Uh Vinny Testaverde Testaverdi with I think uh 22 interceptions against Penn State in that game. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh and uh, Tennessee
2: the year before.
3: Lamar Thomas getting run down from behind by George T. I still remember that and and like what wait a second, a Miami player getting run down when Miami was based on and built on speed. So it's funny how, you know, that's kind of like a Pat Rileyism. It's more about the agony of defeat than the joy of victory because those crushing moments. I mean, Warren Morris, I mean, that was the worst. And, you know, yeah. so those stay with me. What, what, Dre?
2: No, no, no. I'm saying Alex Cora face down crying on the infield. Yeah. It, it,
3: yeah. And 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 Vinny, when, when Miami moved all over that football field, except that, that I think that was the day that I found out he was colorblind because I was like, why is he going to the wrong and, jersey? And,
2: and people forget the year before against Tennessee – they were in position to maybe even share the title. And, again, he has an awful game in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. You remember? So it was just yep. the big game always got to him. Yeah.
3: And I know, uh, Manny, we're going to talk Canes, which I'm, I'm, I always want to do in, in, in our last segment. I'm pretty sure we're going to do that, even we haven't discussed that. But just as a little hors um, a, a d'oeuvre for that, I mean – Every game that I watch, that's not hurricane, like a national game, there's always Miami players. I'm not even looking for the roster. I'm just looking to, and, the, and the guys in the skill positions, like the other day was Georgia and Auburn. Georgia, two running backs from Dayton Brower, two that are that are their main guys. Auburn, wide receiver, Schwartz, one of their main guys. Everybody has players from down here. That's why I said it before the Hurricanes were ever, ever won a championship, that they were a sleeping giant. And I'll keep saying it. Because if, if if they can continue this role, I don't expect them to beat Clemson. But if they can make it competitive and run the table with the teams they're supposed to beat and keep this momentum going, I mean, they should be a perennial. It should be like the old days, where if Miami didn't win it, Miami was in the hunt every year. That's what this should be.
1: By the way, we left a couple of Dwayne Wade games out now that I think about it. Oops, none... Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give three is due, go. Well, I was going to say in in the 2006 NBA finals where he was the MVP uh, game five in Miami, he went ballistic. Uh, I believe game six. I, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I remember just great individual D Wade performances, although turns out once again, a Miami hero helped by some referees who may have been doing things a little illegally. Uh, according to uh was it tim donahy or whoever was the nba ref they got accused of uh oh god yeah.
3: listen yeah. my feud with d wade runs so deep i'm not even watching that show la's finest because gabriel union is on that show no forget
1: how,
2: it how many how many did he score the night of my house doing that well do you, do you have that number there
1: I don't. I don't have it in front of me. I didn't. No, that was like a, that was a
2: thirty-eight pointer, probably that night or something. Yeah, like I mean, that. he had
1: some big games. Although LeBron, I guess, had sixty-one or whatever it was against uh, oh. uh, against the what was it? The Bobcats. I started Bobcats in terms of the highest scoring game in Heat history. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, D Wade, I mean, go back to the 06 Finals. He was huge in in that series. He's got a bunch of games that were great. But again, I, I don't know. I just think. What he did, what Jimmy did the other night was special, man. It might have been top
2: three, you could say, all-time performances in South Florida sports history. We'll see if they if they win the title, I think it gets there. Hey,
0: look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 SLAM Radio. Here's that song
5: again Here's that song again For the hundredth time today Here's that song again It's gonna be stuck in your head all day Here's that song again It will make you cray cray
3: By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: Good morning, amigo. Just the two
5: of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us.
3: You and I. Well, oh, you, you forgot
5: that. Just the two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's,
2: hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for
0: Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam is more than just a radio station for a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable, sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of SAM Radio. We are a family. They are my family. And they will always continue to be my family. And I will forever be thankful. And I know they got my bag just like I got theirs.
1: I love being part of
4: Slam Radio. Yo, this is K-9, and you're listening to Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145.
0: And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series XM 145, Slam Radio.
1: Welcome back to Front Page 305. Final segment. Manny Navarro of the Athletic here with you, along with Walter Villa and Andre Fernandez, two Miami, two longtime Miami sports journalists. Gentlemen, big game this weekend. Canes at Clemson. Uh, Miami Hurricanes going on the road, trying to beat the number one ranked team in the country. Miami's ranked seventh now. Uh, in the polls, after uh, some losses this weekend, including UCF, they can no longer claim the national championship because they lost to Tulsa. <laughs> so, um yeah. So. yeah. so the storyline in this one, besides the fact, that basically, uh, dominated the ACC for so long, is the fact that the Hurricanes are about to take on probably the number one overall pick in the next NFL probably. draft, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, they are. They're taking on the next number one overall
5: pick, at Trevor Lawrence. The next year Jets your
1: quarterback, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence.
2: The next the next right, quarterback, be, the Jets he, will screw up.
1: Right. Right. He's 26 and one in his career. He's won a national championship. The lo- lost a national championship game. And if they win this game, I would tend to think that uh Clemson's gonna roll to another college football playoff and have a chance to play for another championship this year but they've got some holes in different areas and some questions in some different areas. So I think the hurricanes have a chance, but my question to you guys, because that is one say, of my articles for the athletic say, this week. is, good.
3: Did you just oh, yeah. say they have some holes in different area codes? Is that what you said? Different areas. Or you said different areas,
1: different areas. I didn't say area codes. I said areas. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to correct that. Um,
3: By the way, they play course, Notre Dame this right. year. They play Notre Dame. Classes. Yeah. I, I don't think Trevor,
1: I don't, I don't think Notre Dame is that good, but I think Miami's better than Notre Dame right now. Um, I would say this uh, question to both of you. You both of you were uh, diehard Miami Hurricanes fans. Dre, you went to the U. Walter, you didn't go to the U, but you might as well have been born uh, right there. Uh, Might've come out of Sebastian the womb. Right. Um, who is the greatest quarterback in your mind that the Hurricanes have ever faced, the toughest challenge, and where does Trevor Lawrence rank in your eyes in terms of, hey, this is this might be the best guy uh, that they've ever faced.
2: I mean, I, I can't think of a lot of premier marquee quarterbacks that they've faced over the years. Like, I can think of a few, but a one matchup, I'll let Walter go into the more, like, names and stuff like that, but before he does, one game and one matchup that some, for, for some reason just keeps ringing a bell is the one where Troy Aikman was Oklahoma's quarterback, and they went mm-hmm. in there on the road. That team was number one. Reminds me of, like, so kind of where the, the Canes are right three. now. Huh? Mm-hmm. The, the Sooners were, just, were number three, or there were oh, there were three. Well, they were still they were still considered one of the elite, and Miami was starting to you know they were a little bit removed from the '83 title, trying to trying to get back to that national right before the run really took off, and went in there mm-hmm. and smoked Oklahoma, so that's what you hope happens this weekend. But that's one for sure. Troy Aikman, obviously Hall of Famer, so one, one example that's 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 a good choice Dre. in fact i think in terms of
1: decorated quarterbacks guys who went on to the nfl and and won super bowls and made it to the hall of fame troy aikman is definitely up there in terms of resume um one note in that game that i wanted to share troy aikman was six of seven for 131 yards and a touchdown before jerome brown sacked him and broke his left ankle so that's one, that's one jerome way to broke troy aikman's ankle yeah, Oklahoma probably beats Miami and who knows where Jimmy Johnson's, you know, Hurricanes go. That, that, but they did the, win that game yeah. 27-14. That, that, that's, that's yeah. the Willie
2: Williams method. We saw him do that in 03 when he broke the kid's arm and shut them out in the and Orlando road.
1: Edgewater. Yep. Yep. In the championship
2: game. Well, V, uh who who stands
1: out in your mind as as toughest quarterback that that the Canes have faced? Do you have one that stands out? Well, again, it's unfair. You're doing all this research. It's like
3: all the stories I'm working on, I tell you, many go about this. So I haven't done the research. The only thing I can tell you is, are you going by college quarterback or what they did in their pros? Because if you're going by great college quarterbacks, the first thing that comes to mind is Florida State had Charlie Ward, who was a
1: Heisman winner. Chris Winkie, who was a Heisman winner.
3: That's a good clarification.
2: How do you quantify? What are you quantifying it as? Well, either or, just great.
1: To me, it's to me. Uh, listen, I I did all the the research on both actually, first round picks and guys who were Heisman great. Trophy winners or they're NFL MVPs. Them. I actually did all the research, so I have the answers of as of far as some of the guys that they faced. Because I'm great and I work till five in the at five a.m. every day, so and I know you, what I'm and talking and about. You, and you ne- neglect your children, no doubt. I mean, you're up till five in the end. Then
2: well, you that's, that's why they're running. That's why they're running into the room during the show because they haven't seen them the whole the whole for days. Right. Right. Well, no, but I'm asking you because
1: you guys live and breathe Hurricanes football. You have for many years. So I'm wondering your memory banks, who stands out as the greatest quarterback? The oh, yeah.
2: faced? Here's oh. a good suggestion brought up by Frank, I believe. Tebow. Did, did, yeah, they play Tebow. did they
1: play Mr. Timothy?
2: Yeah, they did. They lost 26
1: to 3, but that was the game where uh, Miami was in it until the fourth quarter. I think it was a 9 to 3 game. And then the 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 Gators scored a couple late touchdowns to kind of pull away. But that was the game in 2008 uh, but, where Miami but, went in their loss. Here, again, I have some
2: numbers for you. Let me share yeah, some numbers because
1: right. I did the research. I want to give
2: you some information. Again, Tebow, just... great college, not great in terms of pro. So, again, it goes back to what you can say. Manny says, I did the research, so 5
1: a.m. I take a drink, by the way. And I'm halfway sauced already, but go ahead. All
2: right, We're good. On. I'm glad.
1: Ah, I'm glad. Miami's all-time record against Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. And again, Trevor Lawrence hasn't won the Heisman, but I'm pretty sure if they run the table this year, he is going to win the Heisman. So Miami's record all-time, five and twelve against Heisman trophy winning quarterbacks. Let me give you the list. Joe Burrow, the most recent one, LSU. Mm. They lost to him at the start of the 2018 yep. season. They went 0-2 versus famous Jameis Winston, Mr. Crablegs. Uh, Sam Bradford Oklahoma 2008 they lost to him Tim Tebow in 07 they lost to him the last win over a Heisman Trophy winner 2001 Eric Crouch kind of the uh, the, the Heisman Crouching Trophy winner that, sh- that shouldn't have been uh, they went one and two versus Chris Winkie one and one versus Charlie Ward 0 nice. and one versus Ty Detmer Remember that BYU game to start the 1990 season? The
2: 1990 opener. That's
1: what won Ty Detmer the Heisman Trophy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, Doug Flutie, 1984, Mm -hmm. came down here. Hail Flutie. Never heard of him.
2: Speaking of painful
1: moments, but we're talking about Never heard of him. Steve Spurrier.
2: Two and one versus Steve Spurrier, the Hurricanes. You know, that's going way back, but I thought of Spurrier, too, because that's the Gator quarterback that comes to mind. And this is the one that absolutely
1: stunned me as I did my research. Paul Horning, the great Green Bay Packers running back. Jeez. They lost to him 14-0 in the Orange Bowl. Paul Horning won the Heisman as a quarterback that's in 1955.
2: Be- that's even before Walter's time. Way back.
1: Way back. So um, yes, yes, it's not. Now, they did face two NFL MVPs so far from what I've researched. Okay? One of them was not Lamar Jackson. They they escaped the Lamar Jackson game. Ah. But Boomer Esiason, they lost to him in 1982. He beat them 18 to 17. Boomer was 10 of 29 passing for 138 yards and interception, but he gets credit for beating the Hurricanes. And then this one, Joe Montana, 1978. Joe Montana was a third-round pick, but he beat Miami 20 to nothing back when the Canes sucked. Montana was 12 of 20, 175 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. I did Roger so,
2: Staubach pop in my head for some reason?
1: Yes. <laughs> so I went back. I researched a lot of this stuff, and it was kind of a fascinating journey. I'm going to have an article in The Athletic soon, kind of like uh, reminiscing about some of these games. With I don't need basketball. to read it anymore. You just told me the whole story. Well, listen. If
3: well, he listen always the does podcast, that. He, he's don't... like,
2: hey, Drake, can I run this lead by you? And then before you know it, I've been on the phone for 20 minutes hearing the whole story. By the right.
1: way, who was the NFL quarterback that the Canes faced last year? Uh, Danny D- uh the, the uh, quarterback of the Giants. That's correct. And By last, the way, Vic, you know, last year. Jones. Last year. The NFL quarterback that Miami faced last year. Hold on. I'll tell you now. Let me go back
2: through it. No, not last year, obviously, because Jones was already gone.
1: Right. I, I don't know. Who is it? Who is the NFL it, it quarterback? It rhymes with Reigns Borgen. It would be.
2: Oh, <laughs> you know, James. James Morgan. Oh, the, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm talking about guys who actually play, Walter, not, you know, serve not everybody. Jets, not Jets
2: practice squad guys. Right.
1: Or... Right, I mean, come on! It's I mean, this awful. is the greatest. This is the greatest quarterback. Did lose, no, of all time.
2: sadly, they did lose to him, but yeah.
1: No, listen. There's some, and, and then in recent times, okay, the, the ACC has had eight first-round picks at quarterback since Miami joined the conference. Miami's faced seven of those eight eight first-round picks that were quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, I already mentioned, they didn't play him, but they faced Matt Ryan. Okay, in 2007, he won. He speaking of NFL MVPs, he won the MVP. They lost to Matt Ryan,
2: 28 to 14, in the Orange Bowl. Man, um, Frank Frank brought this up, and actually it had crossed my mind too. How did they ever – what was their all-time record against Michael Vick? One and one. Okay. And
1: here's the thing. They lost to Michael Vick when he started, but they beat him when he came off the bench. The second time they faced Michael Vick, he had a bad ankle. Didn't start that game. Virginia Tech mm. started somebody else. Miami took a 21 nothing lead. Vick came in, was kind of ineffective, and but they ended up winning that game in the Orange Bowl.
3: His alma mater, by the way, is now has a hooker – I mean, a guy named
1: Hooker at quarterback <laughs> – <laughs> who still hasn't played well listen so of all the guys in the ACC because again this is all about Trevor didn't Lawrence get, here's How another we do against elite QBs go ahead
2: another NFL guy remember they got trounced didn't they get trounced by Donovan McNabb once too Donovan McNabb went 2-0 against the Canes I okay. also
1: looked that up as well and and here's the thing about some of these numbers that's fascinating to me when you go back and you actually look hey they lost to Donovan, Donovan McNabb twice what did he do against them I can tell you. Mm. Let me find that number for you. Isn't that the 66 to
2: 13 or whatever? 66
1: to 13. Donald McNabb in that game, 99 rushing yards, three Mm -hmm. touchdowns, but he was only 12 of 19 for 80 yards. Yeah, but
2: it was 66-13. He didn't have to throw the ball. Right.
1: It was all about them running all over Miami. And then the year before, when they came to the Orange Bowl and beat the Hurricanes, he ran 11 times for 100 yards, 6 of 18 passing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're getting lit up by the arms. It's yeah. more of the legs. And so that's the, mobile, the one thing that yeah. that's interesting. Trevor Lawrence can run.
2: Yeah. it's a I dual mean, threat he can guys. run.
1: Right. He's a dual threat guy. So, so anyway, I, I just, I did this because I was like, man, where does this guy rank? How big a challenge is this for the hurricanes? Some other names to throw at you that they face. Cade McNown. Okay. For UCLA through for 513 in, yards. In he the ended edge up game. The edge game. Right. He ended up, mm-hmm. that's the record, by the way, against Miami, 513 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the game. Miami won 45. Jim Druckenmiller, remember that name? He beat the Canes twice and he was a first round pick. Started one game in the NFL in his career. God. Okay. Rick Meyer, remember him? Notre Dame. Oh. He was a he was the number two pick in the draft. Beat Miami 29-20 as a sophomore. Threw a late touchdown pass in the game. He was 24 and forty-four as an NFL quarterback. Here's some more names. David Klingler, the number six oh, picks. Remember David, the, the, H- H- the Houston them. games. The Houston game. Andre Dan Ware. W- yep uh well no andre where they never ended up facing him he, they never faced not, him right
2: so it's only they never faced him. They faced Th- those Klingler. two those two poundings they gave houston was not neither one was against where
1: correct and then dan mcguire um the 19th remember dan mcguire the 6-8 quarterback san diego state he almost beat miami he came back and made it a close game
2: danny cannell uh, for fsu was another one reached the league at least that miami which one's danny cannell yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Everett, Todd Blackledge, those are some other names of guys that, that he faced in the early 80s that went on to play in the NFL that were first round pick quarterbacks. So
2: well Lawrence is gonna on, rank man. Lawrence is gonna rank really high among that list in terms right? of who is he not? He has to.
1: He has to, right? Yeah. Well now, now that you've heard some of the names, where do you think he ranks? This
3: has been Manny Navarro, Books on Tape, reading his stories aloud from <laughs> the Hey, <laughs> I
2: you know what I know we kid, but you know what? The guy does some really if I could drop an f-bomb with this right now good effing research all the effing wow. freaking wow.
0: Thank, you, the wow thank you thank you he
2: thank you he does love he hates the, the he history does. stories he does Luffy. freaking wikipedia with legs here with this <laughs>
1: <laughs> by
2: well, the way
3: it's not just uh lawrence etienne is uh, the running back is terrific and and it's going to really bother hurricanes fans when trevor lawrence is competing completing passes and i'm sure he will to Frank Latson, who should have been a hurricane south date mm. high school kid um i think the big advantage they have is at running back and quarterback but they've got skill obviously other positions i mean before we we're, we're out of time here let's let's make some predictions on this game what what anybody got an, anybody pulling uh, looking uh, um, calling the upset or, or are we going to call chalk here
2: high scoring loss 56
1: 38 wow okay I'll be your prediction or me? I'm going first or last. You you, go, you decide. You go second. You're the, you're I the, go second. <laughs> I I got Clemson winning this game by a touchdown. I say it's 38-31. Oh wow!
3: By a touchdown. hmm Okay, I'll I'll I'm I'll take the Hurricanes upset. I'm a Hurricanes homer. I'm gonna pick the upset. What's the score? By a half a point. Half uh, a 34.
2: What's the over under? 70, 80,
3: 90. Uh, 35 to 34 and a half. I'm not sure how that works out. But I'll take a, a victory by a half a point, by a a fraction of a point would be enough for
2: that go- Yeah. hits the game-winning field they goal. Give huh? them,
1: they give him an extra half point for making it from 70 yards.
2: That's right there you go. <laughs>
1: exactly. But even if even if you guys are right
3: and 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 I'll, Manny especially with only losing by a touchdown, if they make it respectable, and of course the big point is they run the table from there on the teams they should beat. I mean, that's a great year for the Kings. So those are huge ifs, uh, because they haven't been able to do that. And then the next week, I believe, Manny, they play pit. That could be a letdown game. Um, and, and so I'm more interested. Do they run the table after yeah. Clemson? Because obviously this is a monumental task.
2: Uh, sets so up, team. yeah. Sets so up huge, huge finale with Carolina. If, if All right, guys.
1: Do. We gotta go. But that was fun episode. I hope you tune in. See uh See where the Canes, the Marlins, and the Hurricanes do. We don't even care about the Dolphins anymore.
0: The views and opinions expressed on front page 305 are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I
5: found! A radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. This is Saquon Barkley, and you got to listen to Slam Radio. All right, I think all the levels are set. Showtime. Now. <laughs> right now. You're listening to The Youth, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 786-828-7068. Most definitely. Clearly, Araya, we have some innovation over here. So Apple, Steve Jobs, if you're interested, you know. Is it? He? He's dead. He's dead? Ooh. He's dead? You can follow along on Twitter. At Slam Radio XM. Listen, guys, when I said that I wanted a Cuban princess, I didn't mean this. Okay. I I think
2: Rebel Wilson will be the
0: perfect singer. Agreed, completely. Live from Little Havana, this is the youth.
4: Coming up next.
0: The views and opinions expressed on front page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.